This week, I'm sitting down with Matt Moore, the founder of a Christian-based men's group called Elevate. Matt's an inspiring young man, and one of the things that really stood out in our conversation, he's actually the first person I've talked to on the show in this generation that had to go through COVID, graduating high school, really in the peak of his coming into adulthood. It derailed a lot of his plans that he had had playing baseball his whole life. So he had to, to learn and adjust and pivot. In this conversation, we talk a lot about different components of being a man and growing up in the world today. He came from a divorced family, which was very hard for him. And But through that challenging time, he was able to find faith in a relationship with our creator. And that faith has driven him to do many things in his life today, which is what's inspired him to start a men's group. There's a lot of other components that we discuss in this conversation around the challenges that men face today in our world. One of those being a huge lack of community and the drive for purpose and meaning in our lives. So I hope you find this conversation as insightful as and enjoyable as I did. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Order Within navigating a world of endless chaos and crisis. Many of us are experiencing inner turmoil, insecurity, anxiety, fears, and isolation. These feelings are only being amplified by news cycles, social media, and never-ending political madness. How do we find our way out of the chaos? How do we find strength within ourselves? How do we find meaning in a world driven by materialism? These questions and many more I aim to answer on the show. My goal is to be a trusted guide on your journey to selfhood. May you find what you seek. Matt, what's up, man? Going on, dude. Blessed to be here, brother. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you hopping on and, and having a conversation. I'm, I'm excited. We had a good chat when we first initially connected uh, a week or so ago. I always, always enjoy talking to, to fellow men out in the world who are being intentional with the work that they're doing and trying to make a positive impact. So happy to have you, brother. Before we get into it, Matt, why don't you, if you don't mind, would you give a little bit of background about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Matt Moore. I'm the founder and CEO of Elevate, and we are a online men's community, faith-based community, Christian community of men, and we're dedicated to, to living life at the highest level truly as, as simple as that. I started this back in 2022. So at the time of 2022, I was doing fitness coaching and in fitness coaching and bettering yourself in the self-development space, I just really realized the need for community. So myself, a, a little bit of story of how I found that need, I, I suppose, is I grew up, I, I was playing baseball my entire life. College baseball was my dream. It was everything to me. And then 2020, we all know what happened then. That was actually my senior year of high school. So I'm 21 right now. And so COVID just shattered my, my college baseball dreams. And then I was 17, graduated high school, and it was time to decide, you know, what was next. Everything I had known since I was four years old was gone. I thought it was going to be baseball. So had to decide and I just chose college. It just wasn't for me. Decided I was going to go into entrepreneurship. I just always felt that calling to, you know, do something greater with my life than what I deemed the route of college and, you know, the kind of the nine to five job that you dislike, not trying to knock on anyone who's gone down that path, but just wasn't for me. So I chose to head into the fitness space. I'd been lift, lifting since I was 11 years old. So I had quite a bit of years under my belt. Even though I started at such a young age, I got committed early, 
got into the fitness space, started working with people one-on-one there. I just realized, you know, the need for community, not only in their life, but in my life as well. Because as you can imagine, not going to college, kind of going this non-traditional route, I lost a lot of people, a lot of friends, so felt very lonely. And then I started connecting online with guys, mainly over Twitter, who were young, who were Christians, who were trying to build businesses and, and just do things that were greater with their life than what I had found around me. So at the start, it was kind of like, all right, I got to get a group chat together with all these guys I'm connecting with. Like, I got to connect them. Like, there's so much, so much unity and power here in what we're doing as we're all in the same mission. And then, I mean, it's evolved ever since then. It's now over 150 guys. We're hosting in-person events all over the world. So it's crazy. That's wild, man. That's, well, that's epic. I appreciate you sharing, Matt. There, and there's a there's quite a few things in there that I'd love to touch on too. I think yep. initially, it's these types of communities are very important and needed in in our world, and particularly in young men, especially in young men, especially what happened with COVID. I mean, that changed <clears throat> that time period, impacted everyone in different ways, and I think it also changed the mindset of a lot of people for a variety of reasons. But in particular, you know, this is, I think, Matt, honestly, you're the first person that I've spoken with in this age group that were right at that point of graduating high school during this time. I, I wouldn't, I, it's hard for me to imagine what that would have been like, you know, especially if you're, because I know how it can be with school. You can, you have a plan, you're working towards all these things, you got this moment of graduation, and then the next step is, you know, college or whatever you're going to do, particularly for you, you're wanting to play baseball. I imagine that was probably a dark period for you, though, because it kind of just was ripped out from underneath of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I had picked up a baseball when I was four years old, ever since I could could start walking and definitely had some naturally gifted inclination when it came to athletics. God had just given me some some gifts there. So had always drawn a lot of value and identity from my abilities on the field. You know, and it has especially been my identity in my hometown. I mean, not to to boast or get egotistical, but like I, I was the the best player in in the town of my age group. It, it was something where I started traveling the U.S. at 11 years old, playing travel baseball. You know, driving. I grew up in Indiana, so going to Florida, going to North Carolina, like mainly staying on the East Coast. But 11 years old, I'm getting pulled out of school early to go travel to play baseball. So. I drew a lot of value, a lot of status, a lot of worldly identity from baseball. So yeah, 2020 hitting when I had put everything into college baseball and just entirely lost an identity that I had drawn value from. But surprisingly enough, like I just, after about a week of sulking and sitting there in my self-pity, I found like just an overwhelming sense of peace. And it was a peace that I could relate back to a moment in my life when I was 11 years old. And I think this is is probably the first time I've ever encountered God in my life. Not to say that he wasn't with me prior to this moment, but the the recollection of this is, is just wild. So at 11 years old, I found out that my parents were getting a divorce. And man, I can remember it like it, it was yesterday, dude. Like I, I came off the bus. I was in sixth grade. I can tell you everything that I was wearing from the neon socks, neon shoes. You know, neon was kind of in at the time. I don't know who ever let me dress like a, like a highlighter stick, but there I was, you know, I found myself glowing as I was running into the grass, uh, up into my, my childhood home. And 
And it was just different today. I, I opened the door and immediately just felt the oxygen just leave the room, like the mood just gone. Step in to our sunroom, open windows, light shining in. See my mom over on a suede couch. My brother is in a leather recliner. And I mean, just tears filling both of their their eyes. Heartbreak filling, mm-hmm. you know, their 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 minds, of course. And my mom just shares with me the news, like, like, hey, your dad is leaving her words exactly. And so I just sat down at this old wooden desk off to the right in this room. And, you know, I'm 11. Like, I don't know what this necessarily means. Questions just flooding my mind. All kinds of questions, as you can imagine. And and I remember just getting up, sprinting back to my bedroom, got down on the floor as I'm crying. I started crying out to God. And I don't know why I started crying out to God. I had not had any sort of faith displayed to me as a child. I I have a grandpa who's a pastor, but we didn't really grow up in the church. I didn't get the exposure to him and his faith very much, but I had seen, you know, prayers around Christmas and Easter over at my grandparents' house. So I had just a, a small bit of exposure, but you know, now looking back, I would say it's just a, a natural thing to cry out to, you know, our creator, our father, as I've grown my faith. So I get down on the ground and I'm just crying out, you know, just like, God, like, why? Like, like, just why us? Like, why this? Like, what, what is, you know, just all these questions are just stirring out of my mouth. And for some reason, man, that, that same overwhelming peace that I had when I lost my identity in 2020 of baseball, I, I was brought in that moment. Just an overwhelming peace that, like, he, he's got me. It's going to be all right. I just felt this peace, gathered myself almost instantaneously, dried up to tears. And I wish I could say I carried that peace with me to this day. <laughs> of course, didn't. But it was, it was crazy just being able to look back and experience that moment of just this, this assurance that, hey, like, everything is, is being used for good here. Like, it's, it's all going to work out. And, and now looking back, I mean, my parents getting divorced truly the uh, greatest blessing of my life. Wow. It's insane to think that, that you, so you consider that a huge blessing in your life is that moment. What, why, why would you consider it that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I could consider it that because I'm grateful for where I'm at right now on this podcast with you mm-hmm. and the man that I've become. So it's like, if that didn't happen, am I here? That's kind of always the question we can ask ourselves. It's like, if that moment didn't occur in my life, would I be here right now? I don't know, but my answer can be no, because I'm, I'm here right now and that did happen. So I'm just so grateful for not only the relationships it's cultivated, but just, just the story it's given me to share the level of intentionality and emotional awareness and intelligence, because when your parents get divorced, you know, you have a lot of different relationship dynamics being introduced into your life at that age and, and even beyond. So it really cultivated a sense of emotional intelligence and awareness for me and a level of empathy for others who are experiencing broken homes, broken families. You know, my parents are both very loving parents. Like they, I could call both of them right now. They would jump on a plane and do anything I needed. So I'm not trying to say, you know, my family was entirely broken and there was no love, but divorced parents is just not how God intended at all. So uh, I think just, the amount of gratitude I have for where I'm at right now is what leads me to believe that that was one of the greatest blessings that have ever happened to me. So it's the power of being able to reflect on that and be grateful for where you are and, and the journey that you've been on. That's cool. It takes a lot of perspective to do that. 
And it also sounds like even though your grandfather was a pastor, faith wasn't a, a core component to your household. So th th is this something that that's something you've cultivated independently, Matt? Yeah, I, I would say amongst community as well, for sure. Uh, so when I graduated high school at 17, I moved up to the big city, Indianapolis, Indiana, had 35 cents in my bank account, still got the screenshot of the statement balance to this day. But I moved in with my older brother and he's been a huge component in leading me not only in the fitness space, in the self-development space, but definitely leading me in faith and, and opening that door to church and just God in general. So he, he's been a proponent of that. But when I moved up there to Indianapolis, I actually got involved at a gym and kind of this, you know, the best gyms have the best communities, right? So community from this gym actually segued into church. This group of people that I was working out with, they went to church and it was a door that I knew I needed to step through. Again, just had this innate connection to our father my entire life of just knowing kind of God was real was always the thought that existed in the back of my mind. But yeah, community is ultimately what led me to, you know, acting on that thought and, and pursuing that. And I mean, as I'm sure you know, like once you seek, you find, you start, you start picking up the, the Bible, you start going to church, like Doors start opening, questions start being answered, miracles start happening, dots start connecting from the past that you never knew were connected. Like God's presence just seems to start riddling your life, past, present, and future. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I have I've had a similar experience throughout my life with my relationship to God. And I, I didn't know it at the time, but he same. He's always been with me. And I remember moments in my childhood where I can reflect on just this over sense, overwhelming sense of peace and love and not, not even, but not having the intellectual understanding to even know what that is yeah. until I've gotten older to be able to reflect back and be like, oh, that was, that was our creator right there with me that whole time. And, but as we cultivate that relationship, it does, it changes us, man. It, it changes us. And I, I think it's interesting this is why I'm such a believer and like such a proponent of the innate personal connection and relationship that we have with our creator is because it's, it's there for all of us. And it's mm -hmm. something that I see a lot in our world is there's a lot of scorn towards religion or the idea of a creator because of the things that happen in our world. There are bad things that happen in our world. There's a lot of terrible things that happen in our world. And there's a lot of judgment towards the idea of a creator how could a creator that's loving allow things like that to happen in our world yeah but that's the proponent of free will the choice that we have it's god does not abandon us we abandon him we turn away from him and and i, I don't think people realize that is it that's what makes faith and opening up and surrendering our life to our creator so impactful because if we didn't have that if there were no choice, if there were no free will, there would be no triumph. There would be no righteousness. There would be no sacrifice. There would be no learning. And so for me, that choice is so crucial, but it's innate. And even if we don't understand it, it's always with us. And it's a thread that, that when you, when you taste it and you find it, you can start to see it everywhere, yeah. man. It's, it's pretty wild. And it does it. You said it, it, it starts opening doors. It starts connecting you to people. You start having these experiences. And once you get to a point to where you can reframe any kind of bad, quote unquote, scenario to an actual blessing or something that's going to propel you forward, 
because of the lessons or what's in, inherent in it. Maybe not in the moment, yeah. but I feel like that's the power of having that personal relationship with our creator. And it sounds like you've been cultivating that as you've as you've gotten older and, and becoming more of a man and, and doing doing these things as a faith-oriented person in our world. Yeah, absolutely, man. And the way I would kind of describe it is, is it's almost a lens placed over your eyes. Like, like you're saying, being able to just see that thread get uncovered, being able to just see these doors being opened, being able to see that struggle, God using it for good. Like, I think so many people, they get stuck in life. And I'm 21 years old. I'm not going like, to act like I have anything figured out. I still got a long way to go, but I've seen a lot of people get stuck and, and they are so stuck on that one struggle that they went through, that one, you know, broken piece of their life that they just can't seem to to take the lesson from it or see how it was a blessing for their life. And they just are stuck in it, you know, whether it's playing the victim in it or or what have you. But I think when you place that lens of of God uses all for good, God is working, as I say, when you place that lens over your eyes, you're able to to maneuver through life just at a whole different you know, elevation, no pun intended, of course, but you're able to just maneuver with a, with a new sense of peace. Like you're saying, like, you just know when I'm going through this struggle, my parents getting divorced, my mom starts drinking, my dad's gone for 18 months. Like I'm able to understand that God is going to use this for good. And, and, and I'm a testimony to it. And it's, it's something where, you know, in the entrepreneur space, we like to put out these testimonies, right. To assure prospects that, our business is trustworthy. You know, it can be believed in. It's like, how many testimonies, how many five-star reviews of God do we need to start believing? <laughs> that's, that's a good question, man. It's, you know, I think, and this is something that I've, I've learned to kind of ebb and flow with life is people have to come to these truths themselves. You, you can't force it upon them. My my aspiration is to lead by example and to be an example in the world. Yeah. If people give me anger or hatred or bitterness or whatever, just do my best to return compassion and truthfulness. Sometimes you got to be stern and, and set boundaries down and, and take care of yourself. But I, I, I genuinely believe that by setting the example, that's the greatest way to teach and lead. And for me, Christ is the ultimate model to follow based on his life and the way that he led, the way that he spoke, the way that he treated others, his relationship with God. The thing that that amazes me about Christ is he was constantly going away and, and conversing with the Father and, and going away and being with him and connecting yeah. with him and seeking that guidance. And so that's that's my model. And I find that there is nothing that brings more peace, even in really hard times. I mean, right now, Matt, we've been this our country in many ways is is very it's going through a lot of tough things right now. COVID broke a lot of the just a lot of things for a lot of people. But I see it as a blessing because a lot of people are waking up. A lot of people are seeing the world with fresh eyes. A lot of people are surrendering this false sense of security that the world can offer us because mm -hmm. There is no true security in this world. Everything in this world will eventually fade with time. I mean, even if you're a billionaire, it doesn't matter. That money will be gone. The material components change. The earth will take back what it gives at some point. And so it's that security and peace is there's unlike anything that comes from that relationship with our creator. And having that inside of you is a superpower in our world. And it really frees you from 
so much of the ridicule and madness that's surrounding us, man, in so many ways. Yeah, amen. I, I often say it's a source problem that we have. Uh, I think people, you know, sourcing their security, their identity from this world, like you're you're going to a source that is very conditional, that is going to, you know, leave you hung and dry. Mm. So I think even what you're saying with Jesus, as he walked like 100% man, 100% God, he still took the time to diligently get out and get alone and go to the source that is God, the source of unconditional love, of security, of, of a firm foundation, of a, a place that we can truly have confidence in, an unfailing confidence in uh, that is. So I, I often say like in, any problems in my life, when I'm feeling some insecurity, when I'm feeling a lack of love, when I'm feeling undeserving or what have you, it's, it's man, this is a source problem. Where in my life am I drawing? an ego from of this world? Is it because the zeros in my bank account? Is it because the car I'm driving? Is it because the the status that I have and the business that I have? It's like, if you draw anything from these worldly things, like you're saying, it, it's inevitably going to lead you. Pride comes before the fall. So inevitably, <laughs> inevitably going to lead you to that fall. So I'm constantly auditing and questioning just the source. I think everything we have is a source problem. That's a great way to put it too. And I've never heard it framed like that, which is rad because it's, it is, it's the quality of your life. The experiences you have will absolutely be dictated upon the source that you are going to. And if the source that you are going to is a worldly identity, that, that's a very fragile in temporary identity that you're leaning into. And when you look at the world now, I genuinely believe that so many people are deeply unhappy and dissatisfied with their life because they're ferociously identifying with the worldly identity, their, their skin color, their gender, their sexuality, all these things that yeah. really, at the end of the day, have nothing to do with your character, have nothing to do with the values that you bring and you represent in the world. Cultural elements matter. The beliefs that you have, the the practices that you share, the things that you share with your family, the foods that you have, those are enriching elements, but they're not defining elements in my perspective. They're extensions of who we are and the things that we're interested in, but your character, your values, the things that you carry within you and the way you treat and interact the world with the world, those are the things in my mind that are the most critical components to what defines someone in their humanity. But when you look at the world now, dude, it's the complete opposite of that. I mean, it's just, it's wild how quick it's happened too, really. And it hasn't been that long. I think, I mean, I guess it depends on when you look at it. We don't have to go back into, but there's definitely threads of this stuff changing and happening throughout history, particularly in the United States, especially since like the 60s and 80s and onward. But anyway, uh, that's definitely approaching the quote unquote conspiracy realm. But um, <laughs> Which is, which is funny because a lot of those conspiracies have absolutely been proven to be spot on correct, <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> yeah, man. We love the tinfoil conversations, man. I, I forgot my, I forgot my hat. <laughs> for real. I know. I know. It's, well, it's funny. I think for me too, it's, it's why the, the beginner's mindset is so important, Matt, is bringing fresh eyes to everything that we do. And, and the more advanced and experienced we get in specific fields or areas of our life, the more we have to bring that beginner's mindset, the more humility we have to bring to, to those activities because it's easy to think we have all the answers. You know, it's easy to think we figured it out. 
our our culture falls in that trap all the time with the expert trap. Like I I respect education, dude. I'm a constant learner. I love reading and learning and growing and expanding. But just because someone goes and gets a formal education does not mean they have all the answers or they know how to do all these things. And we've gotten into this space to where we blindly follow and trust experts. And I think that's been deeply detrimental to our culture, to our society. And we just have to balance that. It doesn't mean we disregard experts, but like we have to lean into being humble, bringing that beginner's mindset and always being open to things because that's the only way we can navigate challenging, I think, particularly information that may challenge our worldview. Yeah, I I think it's, you know, you're mentioning humility a lot. Obviously, humility is, is bound throughout the Bible countless times. I think in this world today, we see an era of social media. We see an era of I, you know, I, 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 I. And this, this sense of pride, this sense of ego, I mean, it, it's a band-aid to the bullet hole that is insecurity. Like the only reason why you would have to take such an I, I, I approach to this, this world is because you feel insecure about who you are in this world. And I think that's exactly where the identity in Christ comes in. When you're able to say, this is not me. I'm a son of God first and foremost. My identity, it, it all goes, you know, falls into him. Then you're able to step into this world truly humble, truly vulnerable, but you're so strong in that vulnerability. You're not, you're not of this world. You're not worried about this world letting you down or hurting you because you're not going to that as the source. So I think that we're just seeing such, and I don't even really like talking about the world because I think that also the state of this world is way better than we are led to believe. You go to things like passion, you go to different churches across the country. I mean, I've spent a lot of time traveling and experiencing new churches across the country. I spent a lot of time building community and connecting with thousands of young people across the country. And there are men and daughters of God, sons and daughters of God who are stepping up and are taking ownership over their identity in Christ and absolutely making this world a better place. I just think that the people who are in control of these media outlets and the information that is blasted to the masses, that may be their world that they're living in. But if you truly (laughs) like get out and just go to the grocery store and talk to people, go to the gym and talk to people, like this world is far better off than those news outlets will ever lead you to believe if you just experience it for yourself. A a thousand percent, man. And And I love that because it really is, it's pointing back to getting out and living and being present in your communities, connecting with people authentically, being who you are, serving the world, being of service. Like that's, that's something that I pray for all the time, man, is just to be an instrument of service, to just be of use. I think men in particular, we, we need to be useful. We need to be useful and service oriented in our life, in our communities and our families and our friendships, whatever it may be in the work that we're doing. And I also think that that contributes to a lot of people's individual unhappiness. They're consuming this kind of negative media, which tells them that the world's insane and, and, and going all to hell, basically, which there, yeah. there's some components of that if you look. But to your point, though, the broader scope, the broader vision of that is most people are good, humble people. And, dude, I see a huge rise in faith-oriented people everywhere. Yeah. I mean, like, and people declaring their faith openly. I mean, I'm seeing it a lot more in workspaces. People are no longer cowering or being afraid to share their faith. It's rising. And that's the spirit of Christ rising in all of us. I genuinely believe 
that's him coming through all of us here to say, this is our, our world. This is what we are. This is who we are. We're here. We, we are truthful. And we're going to speak that truth with compassion and righteousness and take it or leave it, man. Like, this is who we are. I, it's, a, it's a beautiful okay. thing. It's a, it really is. It's a revival in many ways, I truly believe. Yeah. I mean, amen. It's, it's been a revival for me personally and, and, you know, millions, trillions other can attest as well. So it's something where I also challenge, there's probably some people listening to this right now who are like, God, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in that. That's great. But I would just challenge you with what do you believe in then? Because everyone has a core set of beliefs and, and values in which they live their life by, whether you believe it or not, you do. Like you audit your decisions through a certain lens. When it comes time to make a decision, you audit it through a lens of things that you prioritize and value and believe. It may happen subconsciously. It may happen so fast that you don't even think about it. But what are those values? Like, what is that set of beliefs? What is that lens? And for me, like in asking myself that question, it's all lined up with Christianity and, and that of God, that of the Bible. So it seems to be the best set of beliefs that I can adopt. And that's why not only outside of the life change that I've experienced and the testimonies and just feeling God's presence in my life, like if I can just look at this logically, look at it objectively, not subjectively, I can still see this seems to be the best path to live the absolute best life with the most promise of something beyond this world. I just want to challenge the, the unbelievers that may be listening to this as well, who are maybe discounting everything we're saying and discrediting it. It's like, what set of beliefs do you currently have? Because you have some. And if you don't know, that's more scary than adopting a religion of Christianity than anything. I, I'd rather know and, and have a book that backs it and have life change for 3,000 years that backs it and sit here and say, I don't know. So again, not to put anybody down or, or act like I'm above anyone because in God's eyes, we're all seen as equal here. Like just because I read this book and, and take these actions and believe in what I believe does not mean I'm, I'm better than anyone. But I would just challenge anyone who's listening, like give it a shot. Like we had said, open the, open the Bible, maybe try out a church. They don't get so caught up in the label of religion. I feel like, again, this world is ready to hang you out and dry. If you try to say you're a Christian, you better be ready to defend the Bible cover to cover, right? Because this world is going to attack everything you believe in. It's going to try to tear you down. And that's just not the truth. I've been, I got baptized August of 2022, which is simply just a public declaration of my faith of a private decision to follow God. It's really all the baptism is. and. So I've been going at this thing for almost two years, just shy of two years now. And I, I haven't even begun to understand what's going on in this book. Like I'm, I'm just getting started. It feels like every day. I just know there's a lot of people who have not picked up the Bible because they just feel like if they do, they're going to have to try to defend the thing cover to cover from the moment they try to go to church or, or do anything. Cause that's, that's this world. It's constantly on attack. Like hurt people will hurt people. In this world, like you're saying, it's, it's broken. If you get caught up in it, it's going to be attacking you because what do we do when we are hurt, insecure, just like a hurt animal? They try to just scare off and, and attack. And that's what people are trying to do with people who are trying to open the Bible and, and pick up Christianity, I suppose. Yeah, dude, well said. Amen to that. I think what you're saying is super important because there is a lot of criticism for faith-oriented people 
and the way and and the moment you declare your faith, you can get attacked by those things. And and I, but I think the mistake that people make with that is they have these very rudimentary ideas of what God is or religion in general, and it's their own lack of understanding of a creator, what it means to be a child of creation. You said it earlier, all of us are equal in the eyes of our creator, so no one is above or below, no one. That, that's, and so there's one being on, on this planet that I know of that's walked the earth that's been different than us, and in my mind, that's Christ. And so, but there are incredible prophets and faith-oriented people throughout history. The, the, the three major religions all share roots together from an Abrahamic perspective. So there's so much connection in our faith systems, in our belief systems still, if we can just get beyond that divide, that desire to attack and fight and criticize. And you said it too, so much of that is a reflection of somebody, their inner states, their own hurt that they're feeling. The Like, like you said, a wild animal, wild animals that are cornered and wounded they're flailing, they're, they're, they're attacking, they're, they're in pain. And I think so many people in our world are suffering, they're in pain, they're going around and lashing out at other people because they're feeling hurt inside, they're feeling abandoned. And I, dude, I know what that's like, I've felt that abandonment, I, I know how that anger and that resentment that you can feel towards others in the world, you just want to feel better, but you can't. But the, the message, and I, and I really appreciate you bringing it up, Matt, is that no matter where you find yourself, you can overcome those things. There's, there's so much goodness and love in this connection with our creator, and it, it empowers us. And there's so much freedom that comes from just letting go of this world, recognizing that the path forward is that of, of eternal life, of the spirit, not of the material world. And it almost, I mean, dude, I have so much more enjoyment and peace and fun with life because I'm not so attached and living in this state of fear all the time. I think that's another thing, dude, is like, this is, it's fun living this way. It's light. Like, you can surrender the most challenging things about existence to an all-powerful being that can help guide you on this journey, dude. Like, that's incredible. Like, what is more insane than having a loving, knowledgeable companion your whole life like our creator is literally with us every day of our moment whenever we need him it's just it's an incredible way to live and i think that's it's that's the sad thing about it is people are turning away from that yeah and to add add to that point you just made i think you know so many people say like christianity in this life is the life of sacrifice too like they think that coming into it and picking up your cross carrying your cross is the life of sacrifice and when I first started to read the Bible, getting into it, I thought that as well. I was so consumed by this world, especially I fell into watching porn at 11 years old, you know, shortly after my parents got divorced. And so that just riddled my young man's mind and heart. And that carried on. I began to objectify women I, through my teen years. And so I, I carried this sickness and this, this skewed lens of the world because porn and the devil had just gotten its hooks in me at such a young age. So when I first started getting into faith, yeah, I thought it was the life of sacrifice. I thought I was, you know, I'm sacrificing having sex with women. I'm sacrificing like all, all this different stuff to just what say I'm, I'm a Christian like to, and I, I realized like it is, 
I can still remember the moment where I was standing when that perspective changed for me. When I realized like this book right here is not a set of rules and regulations meant to limit you. It's literally the ultimate self-development book and guide on how to live the best life possible. And Jesus did that. Like you alluded to it earlier, Christ, you know, he walked as the perfect example and embodied how we should live. So it's like when we can pick up a book and, and learn about a guy who walked perfectly, why should I view that as a life of, of sacrifice? I, I don't pick up Atomic Habits by James Clear and, and think I'm sacrificing when I start building new habits and having discipline around my actions with that. So why, when I get into religion, is it any different? Like just for some reason, when we throw the label of religion on there, like you're saying, like it becomes this like big, intense, scary thing. And it's like, it, it's no different. Like it is just a book that people have written that God inspired that is given to us for us to be able to have this knowledge and this wisdom and, and to live our absolute best life here on earth and, and beyond. Once I changed that perspective and realized that this is not a life of sacrifice, there's so much more in store when I do, you know, follow and walk as Jesus did, try to at least, of course, no one is going to meet that mark, <laughs> not even close, myself included in that bunch, we're all broken people here. And, but yeah, once I start walking and trying to be as in alignment as possible, there's so much fruit, so much reward, deep relationships, like a true sense of purpose and fulfillment. Like we had talked about earlier with the source problem. Like when you're going to this world for the sense of fulfillment, you're, you're chasing a benchmark that never stops moving. But once you step into the identity in God, that benchmark meets you exactly where you are. It meets all your insecurities. It, it meets all of your emptiness, all those holes that you cannot cover. Like you, you stop carrying that weight on your shoulders and you start putting it on God and you start just feeling a sense of joy throughout your days. And, and I wish I could say every day is happy, peaceful, joyful when you follow God. It's not. You still experience struggle, but you're able to just have this, this sense of peace through it that you, you wouldn't have had because you're no longer white knuckling your life. You're no longer white knuckling your future. You realize it's, it's not me in control here. Like something else is at work here. Something far greater than me that created this world is at work in my life and has plans for my future. And there's something, there's so much power and peace in knowing that. Matt, you shared quite a bit there that I resonate with. And I think one of the things, we can talk about this in a moment because porn had a very negative impact on my life as well. And I didn't realize it until much later in my life. And I was also very young. You said you were 11. I was around nine or 10 when I started watching. And I had no idea what it was doing to my brain, my habits, the way that I'm viewing the world, the way that I'm viewing women. And I also thought a life of, and this was my early struggles with our creator and, and having a relationship with our creator was believing that it had to be a life of sacrifice, that everything was going to be a life of sacrifice. If you have a, a relationship with your creator, if you're living a faith-oriented life. But what I come to realize is all the things that I aspired to be, all the things that I was driven to do were in my heart. And that was the vision that God has for me in this world too. Mm. So my highest life on earth is in fact the same path that, that God has for me. So it's it's not a life of sacrifice in the sense of there's obviously sacrifice if you're trying to do anything of meaning and merit, 
but it's not a sacrifice of self. It's not a sacrifice of living this terrible life that you hate. It's in fact the highest version of my life that I could live and honoring that creative path. And it allows me to be the fullest version of who I am, the way God envisions that. So it brought me more life. It wasn't a life of sacrifice of misery. It was God has helped me to see the things that in my life were creating misery, like porn, like these addictions, other things that I've, I've kicked. You know, I used to play a, a ton of video games when I was young, too. And which, again, I'm not against video games. I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of of banning anything or just being super strict about stuff, more so about understanding the educational side of it, the addictive component of things and the impact that it can have on us. That's really what matters to me so that people can make an informed decision. And once I learned, dude, like what porn does to your brain and how it changes your habits, I, I felt such a huge relief. It was deeply impacting my relationship with, she's my wife now, but at the time she was my girlfriend. And I wanted to be loyal to her. I wanted to be monogamous with her. Yeah. And I was struggling. I, I was struggling. I was traveling a lot for work at the time. And I didn't know it until later. But I was, my, my brain was hypersexualized, man. Like I was just the same way that you were talking about objectifying women. And since I've been, I'm like four years out of that, which is, it's just been a huge change. But once we realize like there's a lot of vices in the world that make us feel good in the moment, but are so bad for us long-term, the sacrifice isn't really a sacrifice. It's, it's setting us free. And I think that's the difference is reframing that perspective and realizing that if we, if we give our life to our creator, his vision for us is the highest possible version of our life, more than we could ever imagine that what we could create on our own without that in the world. Yeah. Amen. I, I think it's rewiring what is truly valuable. Like what you are sacrificing is what you've been told is valuable your entire life. A sense of status in this world, climbing up a ladder in this world and becoming, you know, somebody becoming and doing something with your life. You're sacrificing multiple women around your, around your arm. Like these are the things you're sacrificing is the world, the things that the world glorifies. Like that's what you're sacrificing. But once you realize, like you're saying, these are vices, these are things that are corrupting your heart, your mind, your soul. These are the things that are corrupting the good plans that God has in store for you. Like it's hard to sacrifice them because growing up, for me, at least I started listening to, to rap music when I'm in like the fifth grade, eight, nine, 10 years old, whatever. Shout out to my older brother for that. Just bringing that into my environment at such a young age. But you know, what is this music telling us? This music is telling us Drugs, money, women, like these things are, are valuable in this world. You start glorifying and idolizing these people who have those things and live that lifestyle. And once you actually become of age, you start realizing that these people are truly miserable that are, are sharing about these things. But not everyone, you know, again, I'm not the one who judges. That's not me. But, you know, you, you, you have to sacrifice what this world has been programming you your entire life of what is valuable. And that's where reprogramming yourself comes into place. And I'm not talking about, you know, like Andrew Tate with the matrix and all that. I'm talking about the flesh versus the spirit, like that of this world and that not of this world, like that of God. Like you have to start programming yourself with the truth, the truth right here with the Bible, like with worship music, like with good inputs that align with what God has in store for you. And what God has in store for you is what you alluded to. That, that's the best version of you. 
and that best version of you is going to contradict this world. But it's, it's, it's two things that are going to war, your flesh and your spirit. Like these things are, are going to war. So it's like you will have to sacrifice that fleshly identity, that worldly ego, that worldly pride, that status, everything that this world points to, that I, I, I that I was talking about earlier. And that's what's hard to do, but it's, it's simply just reprogramming your thoughts, your inputs, Time and time again with good habits, healthy stuff, the Bible, worship, church, like Bible studies, like fellowship, like things like that. And, and over time, you will re, rewire those thought patterns and you'll begin to truly value what is actually of value and what can be taken with us beyond this earth. You had said earlier, like this earth is going to take back what it gives. Like we can't take things from this earth beyond this lifetime. So it's like we have to put all of our chips on the longest game, like the the biggest investment. And that is what goes beyond this world. Like, and those are, you know, our character. Those are the things that are actually valuable. Those are the relationships. Those are the disciples and the people that we can get into heaven with us. Like those are fellow believers pouring into them. So it's just, it's just truly rewiring what this world has told you is valuable your whole life. Dude, amen to that. Honestly, I, I, and I think that's, that's a challenge for people is you, you got to realize that you are going against the grain in a lot of ways. You're going to have to, on, to me, it's a lot like the matrix. You literally <laughs> have to, I'm sure you've seen that movie. You, you have to go through that whole process of getting pulled out of the matrix, unplugging deep, like shaking all the stuff off because a lot of these habits, a lot of the things that we believe, dude, I, I grew up listening to rap music too. I glorified money. I glorified having multiple women. I glorified just this sense of worldly self. And I was miserable chasing those things too. I was miserable chasing those things. And so it is, it's, it's so important to realize that there is a period where we're going to have to change our habits, change the things that we're doing and but the beautiful thing is, is we're replacing them with more loving, like empowering habits, things that build us up, things that take us to better places, things that bring more fulfillment in our life, that bring inner peace, that bring that sense of meaning through service. Like all this stuff is possible once we start shaking away those habits of the world. But man, the, you don't realize how much the hooks can get in you in the world with all the things that are around. And so it's, it's crucial. And I think this is the journey that we all have to go through if we're going to reach our highest potential and we're going to live our fullest purpose, yeah. Matt, is, is we have to go through this journey ourselves. We have to learn these things. We have to, that's where being humble and honest and open is critical because you're going to have to look at yourself and your life and your habits and be like, there's some areas that I'm not doing the best in. And that can be hard. You know, you, that's where the humility comes in. But that's also why having that companionship with our creator is so empowering because you're not alone. You can lay those burdens at his feet. He can lift you up and guide you through that journey. Dude, I pray every day for guidance and cure courage and strength and wisdom to navigate the world because it's so easy to just fall off the path. But if you stay true to that, relationship, you pray, as you're saying, you find good church that you go to, communities that you're in, you're reading the Bible, you're reading, you're, you're cultivating spiritual habits, daily prayer, journaling, meditation, things that we can use to, to enhance that relationship with our creator. There's no limit to what we can do in our life and the service that we can have in the world around us. And that's really what it's about, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. And I mean, 
all we're saying here is you just cultivate environment, an environment that reinforces your, your, the best version of you. You surround yourself with people who are connected to the source of unconditional love so that they can also try to love you unconditionally. Of course, it's, it's, we're not always going to be able to do that. We're going to fall short at times, but like when you, re, when you build and cultivate an environment like that, a community for me, you know, over 150 men who all have their eyes fixed on God and, and fixed on becoming the best version of themselves. Yeah. We're everyone in that community is stumbling. We're tripping up, but we're picking each other back up and we're continuing to move. It's like when you have people who constantly reinforce those beliefs and not the beliefs of this world, it, it becomes normal, right? Like it, it becomes normal. It's, it's the same thing as you are the five people you surround yourself with. Like it's all about normalizing these things in your life. And that's what happens when you surround yourself with the, those five people. Like if they all make seven figures, you're going to normalize making seven figures. Then the, the, the mountain it takes to make seven figures is not as big because it seems just normal. So that's my whole thing with building community is cultivating an entire environment, coming to in-person events, like cultivating an environment that reinforces these beliefs as normal. Falling God is normal. Praising God is normal. Like visualizing the best version of ourselves and pursuing that is normal. Like, you know, sinning and being broken, but repenting and sharing it with each other, like getting vulnerable and sharing our struggles. Like all that stuff is normal amongst this environment. And it's like when you're walking with that, man, at times, I won't say all the time, but at times it, you truly like feel like, this is not of this world. And, and that's something I'm extremely grateful to even say at this point, because when I first launched Elevate January 1, 2022, like it's just like anything else getting started. Like community takes people and it takes committed people. And when you first start it, like you just don't have that. You have a handful of people. And, and I was fortunate enough to get guys who are committed who are even still in the community to this day over two years later, which is absolutely wild to say. But, you know, now that we have over 150 guys, like we have guys who are bought in, who are pouring in every single day. Cause the best communities, it takes each, you know, individual pouring back in and they're pouring back in that belief and that normalization of following God. And it's, it's unbelievable to, to see, man. That's, that's awesome, Matt. Well, dude, I, 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 I love the community that you're building. I'm glad that you and I connected. We, we met through Twitter or X, I should say X there's, mix and mash of, of people on, on X, but I, I'm very thankful for that platform because it's brought a lot of connection to some really cool and brilliant people that I've met, you yourself included, a lot of faith-oriented people, a lot of people proudly sharing their faith, which is, which is great to see. Yeah. So, Matt, this was awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on. I really enjoyed our conversation. We'll definitely have to have you back on in the future. Yeah. Hopefully next time we won't be having as much technical difficulties <laughs> with our call. But before we, before we part ways... I'd like always in the show with two things. One would be a parting message that you'd like to share with the audience. And then two, how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in the work that you got going on? Yeah. I mean, my parting message would just be God is working. Like no matter what you're going through, what you might be struggling with or what you're lacking, you know, you're probably listening to a podcast like this because you're looking for some sort of inspiration, some sort of self-development, some help in life to get somewhere um, you're trying to go. And I would just say my message is just, God is working in that, in those struggles, in your past, present, and future struggles. Like God's got a plan in store for you. And then how to get connected with me, Matt S. Moore underscore on Twitter is the best platform to find me. I'm also on YouTube, do a little bit on Instagram as well. Connect with me on socials. 
And, and going beyond that, like just shoot me a DM, just like Brandon. We we just connected organically and jumped on a call and, and talked for I don't know thirty minutes, and now here we are. God's opening the door of the opportunity to speak on His podcast. So reach out, connect. I'm always down to jump on the phone, and and no, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I genuinely just love connecting with people. I think that's another thing that's so bad about social media is everybody's just trying to build relationships for a dollar in their bank account, but for me, I love just building relationships because that's what we're called to do. That's rad, dude. That's a, a great parting message, Matt. And I was, it was nice too, because that was one of the things I told you when we first connected was I appreciated you just being genuine and interested in connecting. There, there's, I told you on the call after, towards the end yeah. of that, a lot of times I've hopped on calls like that and fools are trying to <laughs> sell or just, you know, it's just kind of backhanded. doesn't mean you can't talk about your offering and the things that you do, but it's just, I could tell that you just were genuinely interested in connecting. And that, that is what, what I think we're going to build and cultivate a friendship and brother, brotherhood over the years. I, you know, I'm a part of your, your, the Twitter Elevate community that you have there on, on Twitter. So I'm going to continue to promote the work that you're doing and, and look forward to culting, cultivating a relationship together, man. So I definitely appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your perspectives and wisdom and your journey, man, it's, it's, it's not easy just being open and honest about your faith and, and sharing it the way that you are. So I have a, I have a lot of appreciation for that work, brother. I appreciate you, man. And God bless to you and, and everybody listening to this. Yeah, God, exactly. God bless to everyone listening to this, whether you believe or not, that's the whole idea. Amen. So with that being said, I certainly appreciate the attention that's a means a lot in the world today because that's it's a very valuable thing. So hopefully you're getting value from these conversations. You're able to take some action in your life. And if anything comes from this conversation, just know that your creator is always there waiting for you, ready to cultivate that relationship. It's just we got to turn to him and, and open our hearts because there's a lot of power in that. So with that being said, until next time, y'all. Thank you for listening to Order Within. If you found the episode helpful, please consider sharing, rating, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, y'all.